Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, being in IT, um, not wanting to take too much risk, I, I was thinking... You know, maybe I'll buy you know one property um, per year over the next two or three years, and then, with, sure as um, sure enough, uh, when I started buying, um, I had uh, I had three within um, six weeks, and I was thinking, wait a sec, this is uh, this is going pretty quick. This is Property Investry, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode on Property Investory, we're chatting to mortgage lending specialist Zi Twa on how he acquired the majority of his 25 properties within two years. We'll hear how his journey was out of necessity in creating a better life and about the moment when tragic news turned into a valuable aha moment for him. Tuar shares a bit about what he's done and his passion for helping others achieve their goals with property investing. I am the director at MLS Finance. I'm a property investor, um, have been for quite a while now. Um, started the journey when I was um, in, the, uh, in, in the corporate world. Uh, I was actually an IT professional by trade um, for the last you know, 10-15 years. Um, and uh, you know, started um, purchasing property, built up a, a sizable portfolio, and then decided I wanted to uh, start my business in a in a related field, which was uh, which was finance uh, that specialises uh, for property investors. That's great. It's uh, <laughs> it's very very common. I've spoken to a lot of investors who come from IT as well, and I have to say, I'm also from IT too. <laughs> 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 I feel you, brother. It's um, it's it's a kind of it's a good industry um to to get in from IT because um as as with um with IT uh you know property investing um very rational very about the numbers and um yeah it, it, and I was a project manager um back in back in the day and um. You know, just it's a very similar process. Um, you kind of focus on an outcome that you want to achieve. Um, as with property, you know, you want to build up a portfolio, whatever it is. You know, get a passive income stream, um, and then you kind of, um, you know, you plan for that um, and you execute a plan. So um, yeah, uh, I guess I was able to, to transfer those skills to, to be able to, um, to to start the journey and um, go through. Um, uh, property journey that I'm I'm still going through. Fantastic! It's very very similar to what I I yeah I, I resonate with you so much because it is pretty much a, a 
a project if you put it in in a very simplistic terms and if you've got those good skills it's very much easily to you can apply it pretty much anywhere in your life um whether it be property or isn't every transaction a, a mini project in itself you know you've got to a you've got to get the finance and b you've got to you know find a property and you've got to negotiate on it and You've got to um, get it across the line, and you know, get the finance across the line, and you know, do your pest and building, and um, and and then um, you know, get the get everything in order, um, all the all the contracts signed, um, and then settle on it, and then get it tenanted, and then you know, there may be some work that needs to be done on it. So yeah, every, even every um, property um, within that journey is a, is a mini project. So, what does a day in his life look like? I come into the office. Uh, I might be seeing clients, um, figuring out um, what they uh, are looking to achieve with um, with buying a property or refinancing a loan, getting some equity out, um, speaking to my team about how all the pipeline deals are going, um, speaking to clients about... Um, giving them an update on as to how their loans are, are, are tracking, um, if there are any issues, um, you know, hopefully giving them good news um, and, um, and yeah, following up with staff, sometimes lenders um, and, yeah, business, uh, business partners, referral partners um, and then, yeah, finish up about um, anywhere from 7 o'clock to you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, go home, have a late dinner, um, sometimes jump onto the uh, the laptop again, finish up some paperwork, and you know crash um, around midnight. That's that's a standard day for me. Despite the long hours, Chua is passionate about what he does and wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, the property journey is something that um, has really helped me along, um, you know, with with my life, and, and it has made such a difference to my life. So, um, being able to 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 help. Um, you know my clients with it now. It, it's it's a real privilege. Um, it's a busy time in the business as well. So um, yeah, the, the the long hours are are, are kind of uh, are kind of required. Hoping that um, it's not always going to be like this, and I trust that it's not always going to be like this. But um, yeah, sometimes when when it's called for, you've just got to do the hard yards. Just to get the things over the line, and I think that's important for any property deal, especially when you've got clients who really, really trust and rely on finance too. So it's Well, it's all time critical, isn't it? You know, there's always a, a cooling off period. Um, the deposits due, um, you know, the finance um, formal approvals due before that. There's always a settlement, um, a settlement date. You know, the clients will be paying um, interest and penalties after that date. So, you know, you're always running to a, to a time frame and, you know, there's, there's always... Um, new clients that um, want to know what they can do with uh, their portfolio. You know, can they make uh, the next purchase? Um, so yeah, yeah, we're all, we're always running to to a schedule. So yeah, and 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 I'd have it no other way. You know, it's it, it sort of keeps me ticking along as well, um, and it sort of you know um, you know pushes me out of bed every day and um, and um, makes me do the long hours. So yeah, it's um, it's all part and parcel. Growing up in Sydney, New South Wales, he discovered his passion for property investing while working in his first IT job. Well, I was born in New Zealand, so don't hold that against me. I'm a, I'm a Kiwi. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Kiwi. I go for the All Blacks. Um, but 
Uh, so I was um, I was born in uh, Windy Wellington or Wendy Wellington as they they call it over there, um, but came over here um, to Sydney uh, when I was about two or three years old. Um, grew up in Cherrybrook, spent about 25 years of my life there. Then um, got married um, and moved out from uh, the parents' place um, and yeah lived in, um, in in a sort of couple of different areas like Campsie and, and and West Ride and currently live in Ride now. You've done a little bit of investing at that point in time because you've moved on and so forth. Um, where did you go to school and um, yeah what did you study and those kind of things as well? So I went to school um, at the local public school in Cherrybrook um, and then went to high school in the city um, at City Grammar uh, and studied um, uh, both finance and uh, computer science at uh, the Uni of New South Wales. Um, and then, yeah, just went, you know, got a grad, um, got a grad role um, at the tax office um, in IT, um, and then just went that, down that path, as I said, for you know about 10, 10 or so years. Um, and then during that time, um, that was when I was kind of exposed to uh, property investing, and I just thought, you know, like. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll dabble in it for a little bit. Um, gradually got into it, um, and and got into it um, a lot bigger and faster than I, I thought I would. Um, and then just realised that really was my my passion and my life's calling. So decided to to uh, to go down that path. And so I started. Um, I, I built up a you know a reasonable size portfolio uh, within a, a short period of time, within a couple of years, and then. Um, decided that um, I wanted to do some broking part-time while I was at my IT job and then, yeah, did that for a little while and then um, went out on my own and uh, I owned a Yellow Brick Road franchise for about three or so years, um, the, the franchise in Parramatta and then um, uh, mo- more recently um, we've just gone independent um, and, uh, and, and now we're MLS Finance. Although Chua's parents had an impact on him in terms of creating a stable future for himself, his interest in property came from elsewhere. My, my parents' influence was really um, uh, was 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 quite profound. Um, so, on the one hand, um, you know, growing up in a you know, sort of semi-traditional Asian family, um, the values of um, kind of austerity and um, and saving for the future and investing for the future. Um, they, they were drilled in at a very, very early age. So, you know, it, it was kind of always with me to, to sort of always look at um, trying to be um, or working towards um, financial stability, financial security, even financial independence. Um, but um, th- their idea of that was always, you know, go through school, get good grades, go through uni, get a degree, you know, Work hard in in your job, you know, get a good job, climb the corporate ladder, and that was very much their kind of their kind of view. And um, mum has always been into shares, so like even to this day, she looks at you know she's she's um, you know seventy eight years old, and she she still jumps on the laptop and looks at charts and 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 all, all sorts of stuff around technical analysis. But you know, I, and and I tried to sort of get into shares, and I, I just didn't really didn't resonate with me like um it just you know there's something about it that um where you know you could you could buy a share and then you know given one news event the, the ceo um resigns or there's 
there's a there's um you know there's a scandal within the company or something, and all of a sudden um, the money that you put in could be worth half of what it was uh, the day previous. So like it just and and you know the time taken to um, to you know continually research the market and news and stuff it just didn't seem right to me. Um, so when I um, I sort of got into property because yeah a few things happened in my own life um, that kind of forced me to to, to look at um, uh, wealth creation and investing um, a lot more seriously than I had um, in the in the years um, preceding. Um, yeah, it kind of um, yeah that gave me a, a bit of a push. And when when I sort of looked at um, you know shares and managed funds and futures and options and all that kind of stuff, didn't really kind of resonate with me. But when I, I looked at property, um, that just seemed a lot more straightforward to me. So yeah, that's that's how I got into it. The necessity of taking wealth creation more seriously was embedded in not being content with the life he was living. It was kind of um, really at a dark point in my life. Um, you know, my my wife and I were, you know, as I said earlier, um, climbing the corporate ladder, and um, but you know, we were both working, you know, pretty long hours. Um, and my wife, in particular, um, she she was um, she was really unhappy in her job. Like um, she she had some issues with um, her um, her her manager at the time, um, and she she just really um, didn't enjoy work, and uh, she you know associated a lot of pain um, with work. She'd you know, come home really upset every day, and um, she, you know she'd wake up in the morning dreading going to work, and uh, like we just found it wasn't really a sustainable way of of, of living, and. Um, you know, she, like her, her um, preference was, um, you know, I, I'd really like to have a family and um, and not have to go back to work. And you know, deep down, I was thinking that's that's nice, but how are we going to afford that? Um, and and um, when when I when it sort of went on for for you know months and even like a a year or two years, and we we were both sort of sticking it out in our jobs and. And I was thinking, there must be a better way than this. Um, and then at, at that at that point in time, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, like, I've got to do something. Um, and, you know, again, um, I, I'd always been sort of semi-interested in investing, but that was really the, the push that I needed to, to really look into it um, seriously. So... Um, yeah, that that was that was the the necessity that kind of kind of drove it. So. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Twa's property investing journey. It actually took about a six to twelve months of of finding my feet um, before sort of you know charging ahead because I was trying to I was trying to figure out what kind of strategy that I'd take. Um, so. You know, at the start, I was I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do this myself. Um, I'm just going to find a suburb and then find a property and then buy it. Um, sounds sounds straightforward, right? The aha moment where everything fell into place for him. At that point, the penny dropped, and I was like, you know what, this this strategy works. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shump, and you're listening to Property Investory.
Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. Having begun to look into property investments at that tipping point in life, Chua was able to build his portfolio very quickly. Right now, um, we, we own and control 25 properties across our portfolio. So that's within you know, my, my name, my wife's name, um, our family trust and also um, our, our, our super fund as well. Um, and yeah, I went in, I went in um, all those years ago, um, fairly risk averse, um, you know, being in IT, um, not wanting to take too much risk. I, I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll buy you know, one property um, per year over the next two or three years. And then <laughs> with, sure, as, um, sure enough, uh, when I started buying, um, I, had, oh, I had three within um, six weeks and I was thinking, Wait a sec, this is uh, this is going pretty quick, but um, yeah, there are a few things that kind of made me um, just kind of um, believe that I was on the right track. And even though you know, obviously with property, you don't see um, the the capital growth for for a while. Um, you know, there are a couple of things that just sort of prompted me to think, oh, you know, I, I feel like we're on the right track. And then yeah, just really, I think we um, bought about ten or twelve in the first year. And then, um, you know, it's probably about another six or seven the, the year after that. So, yeah, things, things really kind of accelerated. However, before making that final step to invest into his first property, it took months of difficult planning and researching. Like kind of contrary to what I was, uh, I was saying, um, it, it actually took about a six to 12 months of, of finding my feet um, before sort of, you know, charging ahead because... I was trying to I was trying to figure out what kind of strategy that I'd take. Um, so, you know, at the start, I was I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do this myself. Um, I'm just going to find a suburb and then find a property and then buy it. Um, sounds sounds straightforward, right? And then I found like I was driving around weekend after weekend, um, suburb after suburb, not even able to to um, you know pick a suburb that I wanted to buy in, um, and um, you know, going to seminars and then then going to expos and you know just just trying to trying to figure out um, I guess trying to educate myself as well because I found that um, you know trying to do it myself wasn't necessarily the most effective way and then eventually um, came across um, a buyers agency um, and they they helped me you know with the whole kind of education piece and um, they helped me. Know, find an area and then um, and then and then purchase in that area. His first foray into property investing came with a tragic element, placing one of his first investments in a negative light to the public eye. Yeah, the first one was in uh, Karama, um, which is in the south uh, west of Sydney, um, sort of near Liverpool or Fairfield kind of way, um, and it was for about one hundred and eighty thousand. Um, the rent on it was 270 a week, and you know it kind of um, 
you know, being a um, being somebody who grew up in Cherrybrook and being um, being familiar um, with the the sort of northwest style of you, you have a property that's worth four hundred thousand and it rents for three hundred and fifty a week, um, like having a property um, that was in a in a different demographic um, and it, you know the yield was so much higher. Now I had a lot of doubts about it, but you know, again, thankfully, my the buyers agency that I, I used um, was was there to support me and you know give me all of their insight and, and assurances. And then I sort of, with a bit of trepidation, I just thought, ah, oh, you know, I'll I'll give it a try. And then um, uh, had a couple of other, as I said, a couple of other transactions um, after that. But the the um, the penny really dropped when um, you know this particular buyer's agency uh, asked me to, to to buy in Mount Druid, and I was like, oh, am I sure I want to do that? Um, because Mount Druid, you know, I'm familiar with Sydney. I know it's a rougher part of Sydney. You know, like you know, is, are the prices ever going to go up? And then so I, I sort of um, decided to think. I said, okay, I'll I'll, um, I'll, I'll get into it. Um, I'll just. Uh, by the bullet, and you know they may be right. Um, and then, I, so I exchanged the contracts. It was a couple of weeks out from settlement, and then there was a bit of a, a tragic story that happened at the time. This tragic accident about a little girl was all over the news, and Twa noticed something familiar about the location. It, it ended up being that she was she was murdered by her, her you know her, her parents or step parents, um, and. Really tragic story, and I was watching the news report one night, and um, I looked in the background of where the reporter was speaking, and it was actually in that in that building. Um, it all happened in that building that that I, I bought in. So I, I completely panicked. I just thought, oh, you know, this is this is crazy. You know, like um, you know, it's a tragic story, but you know, I've also just you know spent a lot of money buying in this place. You know, it's probably going to go down. It's probably never going to get rented out. So I drove up to Mount Druid, and sure enough, there was like a there was a police command out the front. There was um, there was you know all the police tape everywhere. There was a sea of flowers and teddy bears and people talking out the front. And I was just thinking, what have I done? What have I done? Um, and then, but sure enough, after it settled, there was a tenant that moved in, like that, that took up the place and moved in. You know, a week or two um, straight after that, and and then at that point the penny dropped, and I was like, you know what, this this strategy works. You know, like if you if you're buying in in um, in a in a, um, in a place that has solid fundamentals, um, that has um, strong demand for, um, for for housing, whether it be um, owner occupied or um, uh, for renting or for both. Um, it has you know, good infrastructure. It's got transport schools, etc. It really doesn't matter what your your own personal beliefs are about that that particular area. Like it, it's you know it, it's the old adage of you know taking the emotion out of of investing. So yeah, that's uh, I guess those you know those couple of properties really kind of made the penny drop for me and and, and realize wow you know this this property investment thing. It, Actually, you know, it, it can work. This also happened to be the moment where everything clicked and fell into place for Twa. I think I needed that to really kind of trust in the strategy and, and the plan as in because, let's face it, when, when, whenever you're buying a property, 
um, as obvious as it sounds, like you're shelling out a, a lot of money and you're, you're sort of going into it with a bit of a leap of faith. So um, I, I think it was absolutely necessary that I had, you know, that aha moment and, you know, went from, because a lot of it is, is psychology, right? Like you're kind of, you know, um, you, you're kind of grappling with your own fears um, or your own concerns um, or your, you know, or, or experiences of the past or, you know, hearing horror stories or, um, or else, you know, you're, you're being sold by, by someone who's, who, who's, you know, supposedly had, you know, stellar, stellar moments. It's nothing like kind of experiencing it um, for yourself and, and having that, you know, that, that, that moment where you go, okay, um, you know, it, it all makes sense to me because it's, yeah, one thing hearing about it or reading about it, um, you know, or listening to it um, from another source, it's, it's, it's completely different when you, you sort of live it. In terms of the location of his properties, he believes in diversifying his portfolio to avoid putting all his eggs in one basket. Many of my properties are in, um, are in Sydney and New South Wales. Um, I'd say probably about two-thirds of them. Um, I've got uh, around about eight properties or so um, in, um, in Queensland, so kind of the greater Brisbane area, so um, uh, like the Logan um, area and surrounds, uh, the Ipswich area and surrounds. Um, I've got you know, a, a couple further up the Queensland coast. Um, within within New South Wales, um, it's mainly kind of Western Sydney, so uh, like Campbelltown, Liverpool, uh, Parramatta kind of area, um, Mount Druid area, um, so sort of the Greater West. Um, and there's a few regional properties um, that I have. So uh, I've got one in Moree, one in um, uh, Albury area, Tamworth, uh, Orange. So yeah, they're kind of um, a bit spread out and. And I guess um, that that was also kind of by de- by design, um, you know. Like I, I was I was clear from the start that I, you know, you don't want to buy all in the same suburb or you know, um, just buy one block of of, of ten units um, and have all of your money sitting in that. You know, it's it's, it's fairly um, fairly fairly clear that um, that that you know may serve you really well, but um, what if it doesn't? Charles' worst investing moment came when one of his property was set on fire not once but twice. I had a, had a pretty uh, scary moment um, last year. Um, I was actually overseas and, um, and, and one of my staff called me and said, I'm really, really sorry to, to spoil your trip um, but one of your properties has burnt down. Um, <laughs> and like... For, I, I was sort of in stunned silence for a little while and I said, is anyone hurt? And the answer was no. And then the next most, like, like very, it was probably, you know, one of the, the longest 10 seconds of my life, um, I kind of fumbled on my phone frantically just to make sure that my insurance policy was still in, still in place. So, and thankfully it was. Um, and yeah, I, um, and, and it was, it was a strange story because, um, what happened was, um, 
it appears like it was kind of tenant related, um, you know, either the kids or an electrical, um, so something to do with um, uh, like a, an electrical fire, and it it kind of burnt um, pretty much a lot of the house and, and, and a hole in the roof, um, and so um, yeah, like we were sort of in the process of um, getting it all assessed, and you know, you know what, what was going to be the damage and. Um, and then, um, and that, that, that in itself probably took about six months. So, um, and part of the complication was, um, this, this property was, um, it was an older place and, you know, it had, um, fibro in it, uh, or asbestos in it. So, um, it's, uh, it needed to be sort of treated with a bit more care. And then the, the insurance company was, um, sort of in the process of getting it, um, finalized. And then I get a call like this is back in February. Um, from the property manager saying, "Oh, um, your your property uh, last night there was another fire." I <laughs> must be kidding. So um, apparently, some some hoodlums or um, whoever it was um, sort of went around and saw that um, the property was was kind of you know half burnt, and they just decided to finish the job. So um, <laughs> so we sort of went through the whole process again. Um, and um, and then yeah, like uh, finally, it's you know, just only literally last month. It's just been um, it's just been resolved, um, and and the whole thing settled. So yeah, like uh, I, I, I'm sitting on uh, on a piece of land with a, a lot of charcoal on it. So if any of you li- uh, your listeners are interested in it, <laughs> something like that, <laughs> we're to get it done. Wow. So I mean, could that be turned into some potential development opportunity? Is that is that a great story that you could turn it into? Oh, look, um, it's unlikely um, in this particular area. Um, it's it's one of the regional properties um, that I have. Um, and yeah, it's you know the, the demographics um, probably don't lend itself to a, a new development or anything. So, inspired by Chua's property investing journey, he has shared with us. We'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investry. We'll discover how to apply his strategy. When, when buying an investment, um, it, it's it's so important to, to get it right because. Um, the, the the flip side of, of getting it right um, can can be that um, it can set you back um, significantly. His success habits for property investing. I think a, a strong savings um, uh, mentality um, from that was instilled uh, by my parents. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investry. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. You can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.